Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. Education is a fundamental human right, but it's not always easy for everyone to access. The high cost of education, lack of resources and socioeconomic factors can make it difficult for some students to pursue their academic dreams. Our guest is creator V. Kativu, an education activist, YouTube visionary and motivational speaker. We'll talk with V about how the creator economy is breaking down barriers in education and levelling the playing field for students who might not otherwise have access to the resources they need to succeed. V will share her insights on how social platforms can empower the next generation of leaders and create more equitable opportunities for all students. So I'm very proud of what you're doing smile for 15 seconds out a day and make the world a better place. Welcome to Everything is Better with Creators, brought to you by Whaler. Join us as we dive into the latest trends, news and strategies shaping the creator economy. Welcome, uh, V. Kativa. It's so lovely to have you here on the Everything is Better with Creators podcast educator, YouTuber, founder of Empowered by V. There's no stopping you. And we can't wait to understand more about your world. Uh, tell us where you are today, V, just as a starting point. Where are you? Are you at home today? Yeah. Every time I see people, they say, aren't you supposed to be in India right now? Aren't you supposed to be this place, that place? Because um, I travel a lot. But no, I'm home right now. And I'm really excited to be here chatting to you. So thank you so much for having me. Great. Let's jump into things, V, because... We really want to learn more about you. Tell us a little bit more about your background. How did you become an education activist? How have you become a social media creator? Tell us a little bit more about uh, your world and your background and what's got you here to us here today. Yeah, so I began my journey Well, I was born and raised in Zimbabwe, moved to the UK when I was about six years old. And if anyone is listening from Zimbabwe, they'll know that education is a huge part of our culture and our being and our values. So coming to the UK, there was no question about me needing to excel in school and always needing to be like performing really, really well. So I went through my schooling years like learning English, reading all the books, reading the quickest in the class, just always ahead of the game. So when it came time to apply for university, I Googled, you know, what's the best university in the world? And Oxford came up. So I was like, mom, we're going to apply to Oxford. And I unfortunately at that time didn't have the best support from my teachers in my sixth form. So 
I then just got really, really annoyed. I was like, why not? I have the grades. I have the passion. I want to study. You should support me in this. And then by the time that I eventually applied to Oxford, I just had this fire in my belly. Like, what if there are other students out there who've also been told no, but then they actually give up because obviously every student does not have to jump through hoops of fire, blood, sweat and tears to be seen and heard. So I was like, I need to start doing YouTube. And then when I began doing YouTube, I just heard so many stories from people around the world saying, I was told no as well. And I've been denied my opportunity and education is not accessible to me. And I was like, yep, this is where the journey of being an activist begins because education is something worth fighting for. And I just carry the stories of all these young people around the world who haven't been given a chance. So I guess it began from anger, personal anger, which then turned into this collective community of young people who just want to learn. And now I'm I'm their activist. That's incredible. So is that really what motivated you? Be that it was that anger, was it that kind of pushback that you felt that then you know meant that you then started leaning more into this whole space and really thinking about how you can educate and and support underrepresented students. Is is that was that the key motivator for you? Were there other things going on in your life at the time as well that kind of took you in this direction? And I guess as well, how did social media enable that decision? Why did you go down specifically the social media route? Was that where you could feel that you could have the most impact and traction. Yeah, so that is really what motivated everything. It was just that feeling of, I was lucky to have a very supportive mom who at home just told me that I can be and do anything. So me coming home to tell her that, oh, like, I'm not sure my teachers are supportive. That just was like, it's not going to work with her and her style of parenting. So she was very encouraging and she was like, next year, we're going to try again and you're going to do this. But every time I was at uni, people would tell me, oh, I wish I had a mom like yours. I wish I had a mom like yours. And I wish someone would tell me that. And I thought, well, why can't I be that person for them? Because we were losing way too many talented students to the system just because it was a little bit broken. So I think anger definitely fueled that activism space that I entered. And then the reason why I turned to the internet was simply financial. Like I was a broke student. I just didn't have enough money to keep on meeting up with students and like taking them to coffee or going to school to school to do these tours. So I thought, if I just make one video and send one link, that's going to save me a lot of money. Plus, I'm a full-time student at Oxford University, one of the hardest schools in the world. Like, I didn't have the time to be able to do individuals. So having a link and one video was like the best way. And my first videos are like, you can see me just being annoyed, being like, come on, you can do this. Don't listen to anyone who tells you no. And yeah, it's definitely fueled from anger. I've seen some videos of you and your mum. It looks like you both have an amazing relationship. And it seems like she's been a real force in your life as well, which is really lovely to see. And from a social media perspective, I mean, it's interesting, V, because the space certainly that we're in at Whaler, we're all about enabling creators and helping them find their feet and give them platforms to really, you know, find their voice and their community and their following. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because activism is now a huge part of, you know, what makes social media social media. And how how do you think, like from your experience in terms of the creators and the influencers that you're seeing and that you follow, how do you think they're becoming even more intertwined with today's media culture? Because there are challenges that come with social media. Of course, of course there are. But this, this activism piece is such a huge opportunity, isn't it? And it's, 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 it's actually incredibly influential, right? 
Yeah, no, it's amazing. I mean, I feel so lucky to be able to exist in a corner of the internet where people really care about what you're saying, what you stand for, what your values are, and how you're showing up and showing out in the world. I think it's easy for everyone to give themselves any label. You can call yourself an activist of any kind, but are you truly living it? And are you truly touching the hearts of the people who are in your community? And I think social media is a powerful tool to do that because if I didn't have social media, I would have to go door to door. I would have to like find people where they are. And that's not always the easiest. Number one, not everyone can afford to fly around the world going school to school. Not everyone can afford to come to attend these talks. So having social media where at the click of a button, you get to tap into a community that you care about, a community that shares the same values as you. I think that's really powerful. So I love it. And I think activism has been able to take a next level and be able to do even more just because you can you can get so many people behind it, more numbers than you could in real life. So we've seen it with so many movements on the internet that have gone on, that have gone viral, how people are able to raise money for causes they care about, how they're able to like stand up big brands. You know, so many things happen through social media just because you can get this insanely unattainable number in real life that you can get on social media like thousands and thousands of people in click of a minute are behind something so I think it's it's powerful it really really is yeah I think if you can find your voice in a way of communicating you can really galvanize so much through social and I think that the words um I, I do love that word gatekeeping because it's almost just been blown out of the water now hasn't it these you know, this idea that, you know, you don't need traditional media, you don't need traditional brands or support, that you can massively disrupt the space. And I think education is so ripe for disruption, isn't it, on, on many, many levels. Um, but I think your specific purpose in this, which is really making it more accessible to underrepresented groups, it's so impressive. And I love this space that you're in. Uh, what, what examples do you have of how broadly the creator economy is 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 disrupting this space obviously there's there's what you're doing but are there other things and other things happening that you're aware of the that really show how this whole space has been disrupted yeah i think that that creator economy is fantastic for being able to reach out to these underrepresented and underserved groups where now i get to really shatter that idea of gatekeeping access to education especially in places like oxford cambridge harvard i know some of these secrets i know some of these tips and tricks of how to get in and then you come to the internet you take your personal statement and you read it out loud to like a million young people who at first thought they could never be in a space like Oxford or Cambridge because they weren't good enough or from the right background or whatever they've been told up until this point. Then I come on the internet, bring my camera and I'm reading exactly what I wrote to get into a space like that. And they're realizing, oh, I've already got everything. I am enough as I am. Like V spoke about McDonald's in her personal statement. I've been working at KFC. I've been working at Nando's actually. This is how I take my experience and turn it into an Oxford application because they already have the Oxford application, but they just don't know it. So I think that being on the internet, having that creator economy, being able to work with brands who equally care, like, I don't know, Grammarly, for example, and they want to help you write your personal statement by grammar checking it. You just give people the tools and tricks to say, hey, it's not as complicated as they're making it sound like Here's a step-by-step of what I've done. Here's what my friends have done. And here's how you can turn that into your own version. And you can do the same thing. So I think 
yeah, it's really, really powerful. And it's fantastic because so many people think you have to pay for these experiences, that you have to pay for this information, get this personal tutor who will prep you for the Oxford exams and all these things. And I'm like, no, this is what they asked me. And this is what I said, go use that to revise. So I think it's brilliant. And so many young people are watching and they're like, oh, whoa, I'm already good enough as I am. And I'm like, yes, you are. <laughs> oh, that is so, that's so nice. That's just really touched my heart, actually. What a, a nice thing for you to be able to do and to share. And it's, it's funny, as you were speaking, then I was thinking about, you know, storytelling. It's really about helping people tell their story in a way that really kind of sort of touches somebody and that that creates that sort of human connection and it doesn't really matter I guess if you've been working wherever you've been working but it's how you tell that story in the right way that leads me quite nicely into a slight pivot actually around thinking a bit about young people today thinking about let's say Gen Z who are very much about this um with authenticity actually the storytelling piece they want to know more they want people to peel away things and to be really this idea of perfection's kind of gone out of the window now and they want the real and you've actually you know having read about you you've overcome so many challenges in your personal life and in your own education i know i know that there was some of it was anger and some of it was you know wanting to actually achieve more but is there a reason why you chose to tell your story to your community in a certain way? You know, where does that come from? Yeah, no, I definitely made a very conscious decision that I was going to do this. Like it wasn't something that happened by mistake. There was a very deliberate move to it because I knew, I knew being in a space like Oxford, which was fantastic, by the way. I loved my experience at Oxford. It was really cool to be a student and to be there. And 90% of it was absolutely perfect and would stay with me for life. But 10% of it was doing this activism, but also trying to be a student. And that took up a lot of my time. So I saw so much that has really informed how I now operate in the world and why I am the way that I am. But I would say that being there, I knew I had to tell my story because I met too many young people whenever I came back home and they were asking these questions like, what's it like? Is, you know, is everyone eating lobster? Are they riding around in Harry Potter capes? Like, do you have to be super fancy and like be at the Buckingham Palace and like know how to use 10 forks and knives? And it was just mind blowing to me that these young people from my area were so incredibly talented, so incredibly passionate and so smart. But the idea of having to learn how to use 10 forks and 10 knives either side were blocking them from pursuing some of their dreams because they just thought they couldn't fit in. So I was like, that is not on. Like we are losing too much talent in this world. And Oxford is a symbol for whatever people are dreaming of, right? So I was like, I have to share my story because it's not just representing a unique person. It's not just about me. Like this is so many other people's story. And if I bring that and bring it full force into spaces like this, I can start knocking down some barriers. And we saw the changes happen. Like I've had professors and tutors at Oxford reach out to me and tell me how many students have applied since watching my videos and they put it in their applications. They put it in the little form thing that these videos have helped me. And it's like, because I'm just saying what so many of us are thinking and feeling and I'm helping break that down and demystify some of this stuff. So yeah, I, I deliberately chose to share my story because it's one of the many and not the few. So it's like, why isn't this being represented? Why isn't our voice at the table of decision-making? So yeah, it was very deliberate. Hey, hang tight, we're not going anywhere. 
Our Everything is Better with Creators podcast will be right back after a word from our sponsors. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. Oh, it sounds like you've sparked some super interesting conversations and actually given people confidence to think, I, I can actually do this. I'm going to give this a go. And that is what a tremendous thing to know that you've, you've done. And when you sort of think about that, when you think about the, the content that you're creating is it for those people that are probably super smart is it helping them make that bridge and give them that confidence are those the sorts of people you're aiming at or is it much broader than that like who are you who are you really trying to tap into who are you really trying to help aid push are there a core group of people or is it is it a broader message like help us understand a little bit more about you know your community and your following and what they're really looking to you for yeah, my community, when I visualize, like when I turn on that camera and I'm talking, I'm talking to those students who are from underrepresented, underserved backgrounds where they feel like they haven't been seen and heard, where they're marginalized, people who just have been the underdogs for so long. And I'm letting them know, like, you are good enough as you are. And my my message, my aim is empowerment. Like empowerment is everything for me because having an A star, but not feeling like you can use it, it's useless. Like, what is the point of an A star? If you're not going to use it so I want to make sure that we're not just getting young people into school but they're staying in school and they feel empowered and confident enough to go and do the things they want to do I think living an empowered life is all about you and centering yourself and being able to believe in yourself so my job is to come in and bridge that gap between ability and self-confidence that's my aim and to let them know you're feeling imposter syndrome and you feel like you don't belong. But actually, if you look at the facts here, you've jumped through hoops of fire, blood, sweat, tears, probably not having a lot of money coming from a background that is really, really difficult. And the fact that you're still able to stand there, take these exams and still pass in the same way as your peers have had a very more privileged upbringing, you should not feel imposter syndrome. Imagine what you could do if you had half of what they had. Like, you are phenomenal. You're amazing. And my job is to just come in and help them switch their mindset to start seeing like, wow, look at me go. So yeah, that's who I'm talking to. That is who my community is. And I just want them to know that they are amazing and they're able to do whatever they put their mind to with the right resources around them and I'm here to share those resources share those opportunities and then encourage you to keep going like that is entirely what my job is all about what is it do you think V what is it about you do you think why do you why do you think people gravitate because there's you know there's there's other people saying things and doing this type of work 
Why do people gravitate towards you and your story? What is it do you think that you have with your community? What is the connection? Can you explain it to us, help us understand why people gravitate towards you? I think that a lot of people, from what I've heard, you know, I've been privileged enough now to travel the world, Cambodia, Zimbabwe, South Africa, India, every, like I've been around the world and I've met so many different young people who are in different countries, speaking different languages, living a different life, but similar things have been said. And they always say that they appreciate my content or they appreciate my pages because they feel like it's so real. Like I'm really talking from experience. Like there's nothing that I'm just saying for the sake of saying it. If I haven't done it yet, I'm not going to talk about it. Like I'm really letting you know, like I was in the exact same shoes that you're in. Like I've had those fears of will we have heating tonight? Like, is the boiler going to be turned on? Can we afford next week's meals? Like, while still trying to really excel and excel in school and still do well and having these big dreams, but not actually knowing how I'm going to get there. So my job is now to say, guys, I've walked these paths. I'm going to share my story and keep sharing it until it really hits home that it is possible for you. We just need the world to be here to help give you the right resources to open the right doors, but you're already magical as you are. So yeah, I'm just trying to keep their faith and hope alive. And it's not faith and hope, like I'm trying to put something into them that's not real. I'm just like a mirror and I'm walking around holding it up to them to be like, really look, dig deep. What would you say to a stranger if they came up to you right now and said they want to go to Oxford? You wouldn't tell them no, you would encourage them. So why are you not encouraging yourself? And it's just it's just that kind of work. But I think they feel it because these are real life examples. It's things I've lived through, you know, when I'm sharing stories about loss. It's like, oh, I lost my father too. And I was this age and I was left in Zim and I had to learn English and I had to do all this stuff. And being in McDonald's, it's not a joke. That was a year and a half of me there while also revising for Hamlet, trying to pass my grades. Like, I get it. I'm with you. I understand. So like, this is what I did and this is what my friends did and use this information, you know? Yeah, I think it's that lived experience, isn't it? That connection that you have, um, that credibility, I guess, and understanding that you have. And, and is the community that you've built on and offline, actually, what's the relationship that you've got with them? Are you regularly engaging with them? Are they very loyal followers? Are they, what is that community engagement like? Are you publishing a lot to them? You know, can you describe your community uh, to some degree to us? Yeah, my community are amazing. Like I, I hands down say I probably have the best community online just because like we are all gathered there for self-improvement. We're all gathered there because like we want to do more. We want to be more and we're not going to allow society to define us. So whenever I'm posting stuff, there's such a supportive community like people are in the comments replying to each other people are in the comments encouraging me sometimes and whenever I win they're so excited because for them it's like the entering that space means that we can now enter that space because we know she's going to tell us how she did it so it's this constant like motivational encouraging space and I love it I really really love it and I I'm always posting like I'm posting on LinkedIn on Instagram on YouTube everywhere because as long as I get in touch with you, I don't care what platform it's on. Like, we're going to do this because you really, really deserve it. So I'm willing to, like, go to war for them. So, yeah, no, they're amazing and they have my back. And it's, a, it's just like, it's like siblings in a way. I feel like an older sister on the internet. And I'm just there to be like, ah, let me look after you, you know? I love that. We're just going to flip a bit again. Um, I just want to get some thoughts from you about brands. Why do you think brands need to pay attention to creators and, the, and communities? What's the opportunity there for brands, do you think? 
I think that no one knows their community better than the creator who's creating this stuff, right? Like people come and follow because they relate to you. So you need to, brands need to really trust the creator's intuitions and instincts because you can read the room and the energy of your like supporters more than anyone else. And it's brilliant when brands have like these amazing briefs and everything and it sounds great at the table. But then when you actually like approach the creators, it's important to have that really collaborative environment because there might be something you miss because you haven't got that same intuition for the audience and I know my audience so well I'm so in tune with them because the things I'm giving to them are things that I wish I'd had or things that I've loved or things because we just we get each other so yeah I think brands brands should definitely pay attention to what creators have to say because they they are the direct pipeline to their audience. I love that, the direct pipeline. It's a, that's a really lovely way. And intuition as well, I think, is a really nice way of, of coining that. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because there's this whole debate around influencer versus creator. Um, and it's, it's a bit of an ongoing topic in the creator economy. You use the word creator, Bee. What, what, in your opinion, what differentiates the two of them? I don't know. I feel like I feel like in the grand scheme of things, they're not that different. But when you like zone in, I don't know why I've never connected to the word influencer, because I think influencer maybe has now had these connotations or imageries that actually it's the same as creator. But for some reason, I feel like influencer feels more like you're posting because it's more aesthetic than anything. So I feel like that is, and I think that's still brilliant because we all need inspiration. Like whenever I'm going away, I'm looking at what the aesthetics are and it gives me inspiration for like what I want to do and what I want to wear and all these things. But I feel like maybe creators, the difference is that maybe you're the person in the editing suite. Maybe you're the person behind the camera or on the side, or you're the person helping brainstorm things. Or maybe you are the one in front of the camera. Whereas I think influence is definitely more in front of the camera. So I think maybe that's the difference. It's like, I don't know. I honestly don't know, but I just relate more to the word creator. And um, I don't know. I think influencer, it doesn't encompass everything. So I think we need to maybe stretch out that word more. That's the issue. I think we need to get that word um, more defined and more detailed because currently it carries the negative connotations. I don't know why though and who did that, but um, I definitely relate to creator more because I think I could be, I could be on LinkedIn. I could be in front. I don't know. I could be in so many different places. I feel like, okay, here's my thing. I think the word influencer belongs to Instagram. I don't know why I think that. I really couldn't tell you, but I guess there's some studies to be done there. Whereas I think creators, like it could be anything. You could be a movie maker, you're a creator. It does seem to have a more positive frame of reference, doesn't it? The word creator, just it's a much more all-encompassing word, but all of the different skill sets that you, you bring into play. But it's an interesting one with you, Vee, because of the activism side of what you do and the world that you're involved in. If a brand wants to work with you, are there certain things they need to check off? Are you quite are you quite selective about the brands you work with from a sort of alignment perspective? Yeah, absolutely. Like, absolutely. If it doesn't feel natural, if it doesn't fall into, like, what I actually like and what I actually care about, then it's not happening. And also, if the brief, I think it's the brief more than anything. Of course, the brand is well, like, what is their history? Like, what do they stand for? What have they been doing before? You can't be a harmful brand and then because you want to look good you want to like work with me but then actually after you work with me you go back to doing harmful things that's not going to work right but I think more than anything is the brief like does the brief have my audience at the center because if my audience are not going to benefit from it or if they're not going to 
enjoy this thing then I don't really understand I don't understand how that's going to go down unless it's just like a private situation where I'm going in person to talk to the brand's like team or something that might make sense that it's just about me but if it's going to be posted and people who are consuming this are not at the heart of it I just it's it's difficult for me so I always look for brands that are going to have like I don't know a really great student discount or they're going to do a student giveaway or understanding that my audience are people who are from underrepresented backgrounds like we're trying to find opportunities all these things so if they're gonna have to like watch this at least make sure that there's a nice two-way street where they've watched it woohoo for the brand but then they also get something in return so I'm always fighting for that like if it's missing in the brief I'm like no 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 no. we need to figure out something here because I need to also make sure my audience are excited by it as much as it's working for the brand and for myself how's the audience it's a three-way system it's like a I forgot what the word is. It's a value exchange, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, I re- I really, really need that. I, that is very important. So, yeah. Is there something you've done with your community that's had a massive outcome with in terms of where a brand has been involved? So anything significant that you've done that you've thought, wow, that was, you know, measurable impact for both my community and for the brand? It's a really, really difficult question. There, there is, but I'm just trying to think which one's, like, the most significant. I think maybe it would definitely be my partnership with Always, I think, because whenever I've worked with Always, we always have like the young people at the heart of it. And there's this massive campaign that we did where the audience could like submit in some kind of competition about a period stigma competition and whichever was the best one, we would go out to that school, go and talk to them, give a workshop. And then we also gave away lots of prizes like laptops, cameras, all these things to help them like kickstart that thing that they'd submitted in but then they also got to learn a lot about period stigma and like how to fight it and how to like stand up to bullies and all these things and I got to run my workshop in person and go and say hello so I think for me that was a beautiful partnership because it was fun it was exciting people learned more about like why period shaming was wrong but then also they got to win this competition so I think I think that would be the best because it was very active in person I got to speak and I love speaking in person as well but we also created this beautiful online content that can last forever so I think that was just so many layers to it that I loved it I would do that again in a heartbeat for sure oh I love that um yeah it sounds like there was a real interactive element to that so when you look at you know between the TED talks that you do you're a creator you've been to Oxford Harvard you've done so much and obviously working with the United Nations too how do you take care of your own mental health do you have any sense of burnout or is there a self-care sort of strict routine that you follow take us a little bit into that world because obviously that can be it, it, we, we hear from many creators that that's a real thing have you have you experienced any of that V? Yeah, I think burnout is very, very real. And um, I always tell my supporters to look out for that. And it was a big part of a chapter in my book as well, just talking about burnout and how you lean on the people around you, because a part of living an empowered life is admitting where your shortcomings are or 
where you don't have the strengths and these are your weaknesses and how you address them and how you lean on people so for me it's definitely community in real life as well as online but like my mom my sister my best friends like they have seen things and done things that I haven't done yet and they can advise me and guide me so why why do it alone like life is too hard as it is like you don't have to take the grueling route just because you think the trophy would be more amazing if you say I did it on my own I think that's not a good system like delegate ask for help like and when things get too difficult take a break like you do not have to put yourself through a struggle like that is not what we're trying to achieve here so for me burnout I talk to my family I let my mom take care of me like I've just turned 25 this past weekend and I'm like I'm a grown woman mom but then when things get tricky I'm like yeah please wash my clothes and cook for me like yep 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 you can tuck me into bed like I will allow her to do that because I need that in those moments you know like sometimes I'll be running on a lack of sleep because I'm just so excited and the adrenaline's pumping but actually when she says no 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 close the laptop and go to bed I'm like okay let me let me just do what she says so I think have a system in place, have an empowerment circle, have people who care about you, who are looking out for your well-being, and remember that you can't pour from empty. Like you can only give so much if you're not okay. So looking after yourself first will actually help you serve your community much better because I need to be able to hold what they're giving me with care. And for me to do that, I need to sleep. I need to sleep and make sure I've eaten well. So um yeah, I think burnout, I deal with it by just knowing when it's time to close the laptop and go away and just be offline so I can rejuvenate, then come back and give you 100%, you know? Totally. The power of a very good night's sleep and eating well and, yeah, all those things, looking after yourself. Well, I think there's so much that you're doing and I know you're doing work, you know, with the United Nations as part of the Sustainable Development Goals. I know you have your own, you know, empowered by the lots of plans for that, but we're coming to the end of the interview now. So anybody listening that wants to find out more about your projects, I know you're documenting all of those things across all of your social channels. So I'm sure everybody can tune in and follow you and read and I know books and everything. So we're going to get now to the end of our interview where we have our sink, sail and swim segment, which is really any advice for young creators who are like yourself and that want to create content. So I'm going to ask you, V, what's working well creator content-wise and why? What's swimming right now? <laughs> I think I'll always say, no matter like what time of the year or day, like being true to yourself, like being authentic and being your genuine self is the easiest thing that you can do because you can sustain that. Like you've always got to think about sustainability in every sense of word, right? And for you to stay in this game, for you to be able to wake up and keep your passion alive. You can't be something you're not. You can't force something just because it's what's trending because trends come and go. What stays true is you and like how you connect with your audience. And yeah, I think that's the thing I would say is definitely staying true to yourself is definitely a swimmer. Is that the one? Swim? Yeah. Oh, I, lo I love that. I think there's so much power in that actually. And to sail what's amazing or on the rise and why? Ooh, that's really tricky. Um, what's on the rise? I'm not sure. I just think that right now, from what I see anyway, maybe I'm in a little bit of an echo chamber, but just kindness and like content that is really focusing on well-being, mental health, and just how you can make other people happy. And I enjoy watching that kind of content and in my mind it's on the rise because I'm seeing more and more of it where people are just going out of their way to do nice things and then you know sharing it with the world so 
yeah, I think maybe being kinder is on the rise. And I, I hope that's true. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think this idea of paying it forward and I love I love that whole vibe that you're seeing happening in social right now. And what isn't working, especially in the creator economy? Is there anything that's not working and why? Yeah, I think I think it goes back to the thing I was saying before where you can just tell that people are doing things just because it's what's being offered and maybe it has a really high price tag on it. So I think inauthentic brand deals and ads and things that are just, you know, not authentic. We see a lot of backlash from it where someone will say, oh, I'm using this mascara and it made my eyelashes so big, but actually you put a false lash on, but you just didn't tell us. And it's like, everyone can kind of see through these things because a lot of our audiences are also now learning how to use these editing apps. They now know how to create the content. They might not be putting it out, but they understand and they can see through it. So I think that should go down, down the drain pipe for sure, because authenticity (laughs) is always key. Yeah, I I hate false advertising false advertisement or selling people dreams or just leading people astray just because there's a a price check I don't know I don't like it I love that so be true to yourself be kind be genuine and transparent I think that captures your swim sail and sink (laughs) and that captures you V thank you so much for your insights your learnings your experience of everything you are doing it's amazing thank you so much and We hope to see you again soon. Thank you, B. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Everything is Better with Creators is honoured to be part of the Adweek Podcast Network and Acast Creator Network, and we're grateful for your support. If you enjoyed the show, hit that subscribe button. And if you have a moment, we'd appreciate a rating and review. To keep up with all things Whaler and the latest in the creator economy, visit us at whaler.com and follow us on Instagram, Twitter and LinkedIn. This is Emma Harmon signing off for now. We'll catch you next time with another episode of Everything is Better with Creators, powered by Whaler. Thanks for tuning in. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content, so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.